In a journey, when we're in this journey with the Lord, uh, we're moving with Him and we're going from place to place. Hallelujah. We're not, we're not stationary. We're not staying in the same place. It's a continual life of progressing with the Lord. You know, we're going from faith to faith. We're going from strength to strength. Hallelujah. We're going from glory to glory. Come on, we're getting more glorious as we go. Hallelujah. And so sometimes along in the journey, you know, we find ourselves, uh, uh, maybe it's we're in a situation. Uh, maybe we have a challenge and we, we recognize that we need to get to the other side of it. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get a word from the Lord. We get a promise from God. We get uh, uh, something that the Lord, an assignment from the Lord. And we know that we've got to uh, stay with that and press through, cross over, and make sure that we get to the other side of it. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about faith to get to the other side. Hallelujah. Because if you're going to cross over, if you're going to get to the next place, if you're going to finish your assignment, if you're going to get through and get to the next thing in the Lord, you're going to have to have faith to do that. Hallelujah. And so when we start talking about faith, the first thing that we have to remind ourselves is that our God is a mighty God. Come on, He's a big God. Come on, there's no one and nothing that is bigger than our God. Hallelujah. And we have to know that not only is God a God in the heavens and God who He is great, but God in us is great. Amen. You do know that God lives in you, right? Come on, say this out loud. Say, God lives in me. Say this out loud. Say, Jesus lives large in me. So we have to have our faith, not just in God there, but in God within us. Amen. Uh, because that's a very, very important part of the equation is that we know that God is not just far away. He is actually living on the inside of us, helping us. And so the spirit of God will always take us through. That didn't get near enough shout. I said the Spirit of God in you will always take you through. The Spirit of God in us will always put us over. Amen. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 18. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorites. If you haven't committed this uh, to get it into your heart and know it, you need to do so because it can change your life. Psalm 18 verse 29 this is, of course, David speaking here, and he's talking to God at the time. And he says this, he says, Far by you I can run against a troop. Far by our God we can run against a troop. Come on. And then he goes on to say, By my God I can leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Come on, not, not try to struggle to get over it. Not, not try to get over it. Just run and leap right over it. That's what the Spirit of God in us helps us do. Helps us overcome. Helps put us through. Helps take us through to victory. Uh, I want to read just for a moment uh, that whole passage of Scripture, Psalm 18, 28 through 32, just because I like it. It's not really part of the main message this morning, but I just like it. Like right now, I'm really like it. And you know what happens when you find a, a scripture in a moment that, that you like, you're supposed to stay on that scripture because there's something in that scripture, in the moment, taking hold of that scripture. Come on, your faith can come alive in a moment. 
with the scripture. And that's what the Holy Ghost does. He kind of, he kind of like, whoo, stirs something up. It's like, whoo, like a, a fire just got lit on it or like a light just came on it or like, like just energy came right there in that scripture. Hallelujah. And so this is what Psalm 18, starting with verse 28 says. It says, for you, talking about God again, will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So first of all, we don't ever have to be in darkness. We don't ever have to not know. We don't ever have to wonder. We don't ever have to feel like we're lost. We don't ever have to feel like uh, we don't know what's going on or we don't know what's coming. No, no, no. There is a way for the Lord. Come on. The Bible says that our spirit is the lamp of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. He can light us up even in the midst of dark stuff all around us. I'm standing in the light of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then it says, for you, for by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. We need to remember that. His way is perfect. So if we're following him, if we're living with him, if we're seeking after him, doing our best to be in his will and in his way, we can know it's perfect. Hallelujah. That means it's always going to work out. It says, the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So the Lord, being trusting in the Lord, it's a shield. A shield against the fiery darts of the wicked one. Come on, it shields us against evil. Hallelujah. Then it says, for who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. Hallelujah. Come on, we have strength every day. Strength to win. Strength to endure. Strength to overcome. And it's God who arms me. I'm not doing it in my own strength. Come on, you're not doing it in your own strength. We're doing it in the strength of God. Hallelujah. And he makes my way perfect. Hallelujah. So now because I've connected with God's way, he's got right in the middle of my way. Come on. And he's made a way where there seems to be no way. And the way is perfect. Hallelujah. That's why we can enjoy it. Hallelujah. And it says, uh, verse 33, I'm going to continue on. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and he sets me on the high places. Glory to God. Come on. We're called to the high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. We're standing on steady ground. Come on. We're standing on a firm foundation. Glory to God. Verse 37. So I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again until they were destroyed. Hallelujah. So no matter what stands in front of us, no, ma no matter what it is, we can overcome it. Come on, if we'll stay with it, if we'll stay with God, if we'll use our faith, we can overcome. Uh, what is, or I could say it this way, who is on the inside of you will always put you over to the other side, will always bring you through. God is big enough in you to see you through. 
Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 Corinthians 15.58, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, it's time for us to make sure that we're pressing through. It's time to get to the other side. It's time to cross over into the next place. Do what we know to do. Let's take a look in the Bible of an account where the disciples needed to get to the other side. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at this account here in verses 35 through 41. And then we're going to read the first couple of verses of of chapter 5 just to know the end result. But it says this, On the same day, when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. That's the fear of the Lord. They feared him exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Then we see on into uh, Mark chapter five, verses one and two. Then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And we know the rest of the story, the demoniac here, how he was set free by Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I want to break this down a little bit this morning and talk to you about having faith uh, to complete an assignment or, or to make sure you get the instruction done or to get to the other side of where you need to be. In verse 35, here we go. We see first that they received an instruction. They had a word from the Lord. He told them to do something. What did he say? He said, let us cross over to the other side. Hallelujah. So what we need to understand first is that true faith is based only in a word or the word from the Lord. You cannot have true faith unless you know God has said something. God has promised something. God has given an instruction. Uh, We need to understand that there are many ways that instructions come. Sometimes instructions seem small. Uh, Instruction can come or a promise can come or a command can come uh, through just the written word of God. Uh, Sometimes it can come from a rhema word. We're praying. We sent something in our spirit. Sometimes we can hear uh, the Holy Spirit speak to us. Like when he said to Ethan, when the Spirit of God said to him that uh, you're, you're already healed, so why don't you stay healed? He received that as an instruction. It's really also kind of a rebuke. 
But there's many ways that it comes to us. We can uh, receive an instruction or a command or an assignment or a promise from God through a vision. We can receive it through a dream. Uh, sometimes it comes through prophecy. And when it comes through prophecy, it bears witness on the inside of us. And we know that that's a word from the Lord. The main thing is to know that we don't tell God uh, how we want to hear the instruction. And really, uh, what we would call a spectacular, like Jesus appearing, I want Jesus to appear to me and tell me this, really that is no more spiritual or no more valid than just having a witness on the inside of us, amen? And we see that all throughout the Old Testament where the angels would appear and they would have all kind of phenomena, uh, seeing things that they could see and hear, but yet they struggled to know that it was God. The thing is, is that when we get an instruction or a word, we need to be able to spiritually discern that that is of the Lord. It's from the Lord. It's an instruction to us. And we need to understand in that moment uh, that we need to receive that word, that we need to receive that as that. An instruction, a word, a promise, something that God is uh, connecting us with to pull us into so that we can connect with that word and then therefore have something to do, something to accomplish. So your prayer would be that you have clarity in hearing the voice of the Lord, knowing the leading of the Lord, staying sharp and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which we know comes through uh, reading the word, keeping the word in our heart. Uh, it comes through praying in tongues a lot, making us sensitive, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. So, but before we can go at all, we have to know, we have to know that we have a word from God. And if we're not confident in knowing that it's a word from God, we have to settle that issue first before we try to step out on that or make that happen because that is where true faith is anchored. It is only in the word of the Lord. Then in verse 36, Jesus said, cross over to the other side. So it says, now when they had left the multitude, they took their boats and they set out. So we see that the next part of their faith is that once they got the promise or the instruction or the assignment, they obeyed. Here they got an actually something to do. And so it says that they went to cross over. This is really important. When you know something from the Lord, you have to know that you know, and then your next step, faith acts. Faith moves. Faith does what it knows. You might not know the whole plan. You might not know everything to do. Many times you're not, and if you're waiting to take your first step to have the whole plan, you're going to be waiting and waiting, and you're going to miss out on your step of obedience. So the first thing to do is to do the thing that you know to do. It's to take the step of obedience. Sometimes it might be the Lord tells you that you're going to need to pray to get a plan. So you have to obey instantly. The more quickly we obey, the better. You don't want to try to think about it. You don't want to try to figure it out. You notice here they didn't call Jesus aside. They didn't say, why do we need to cross over to the other side? That question, why? Why? You don't always need to know why. Many, they didn't know why until they had already crossed over. We can see why now. There was something on the other side, a demoniac, someone that was demonized that needed them on that other side. If they had not stepped out to obey, they might have missed their moment with the man on the other side. But in their step of obedience, they didn't know. 
This is where we simply have to obey. True faith acts. True faith doesn't have all the, uh, have to have all the answers, all the understanding. We just do what we know to do. We obey instantly. And that's what puts us into the next place. Then we see in verse 37. Now here it is. They heard the word of instruction. They set out to obey the Lord. They set out to cross over. And look what happens in verse 37. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. Hallelujah. Here we go. We got a word from the Lord. We stepped out in faith, acted upon that, and now there's opposition. Now there's trouble. True faith uh, will be tested at times. And you have to understand that and not let it move you off of what you know. If you know that you got an instruction, you got a promise, uh, you got an assignment, even if opposition comes, you have to make sure that you have uh, stayed steady with that and just see it just as what it is. It is simply a test and you can't let that back you off of it. That happens many times we step out to do something with the Lord and then uh, trouble comes, opposition comes, hardship comes and our first thought is maybe it really wasn't the Lord. It's okay to ask that for a second, but you better already have that settled, remember? You already got the word. And when you've got the word, then you have to realize that no opposition is allowed to stand in your way. Hallelujah. This is where the Bible says we have to fight the fight of faith. This is what makes faith the fight. If it was all just easy, all just automatically happen, there wouldn't be a fight associated with it many times. But the Bible tells us that we do have to fight the fight of faith. And we have to remember when the temptation comes, when the test comes, when the trial comes, it's not God that's sending the trial. And the reason I say that is even if you think, okay, well, I got a word from the Lord, but now the Lord is like testing me. You've already messed yourself up. The Bible says that trials, temptations, and tests come from the evil one. It's the devil's job to get in your way. He'll send people to get in your way. He'll send circumstances to get in your way, oppose you, stand before you, resist you, make things hard for you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to do what God has told you to do. He doesn't want you to have the fulfillment of the promise that God has given you. He doesn't want you to complete the assignment that God has given you. Why? Because it's important to God. Every step that you take of faith matters in your spiritual life. That's how we go from faith to faith and strength to strength and glory to glory. Hallelujah. And sometimes we don't even realize it, but the steps that we're making now are the assignment that we're working toward to complete now is makes way for the next thing to come. And so we can't let the devil stop us. We can't let the devil get in our way. We have to remember first that the devil is already defeated. He's already under my feet. And so nothing about him is bigger or greater than God in me and God in you to do what God has said to do. Hallelujah. So we got to keep it in the right perspective uh, and know that we're not going to be questioning things. Instead, we're just going to keep continuing on and knowing and doing, using our faith, believing God, trusting God, moving with God, obeying God. Knowing that what gives us the victory? 
our faith. First John 5, 4, whatever's born of God overcomes the world. I'm born of God. Are you born of God? So we overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So our faith is what's going to give us the victory. Hallelujah. So next we see in verse 38 that in the midst of this storm arising, this opposition, this seemingly what looks like it was going to cause the boat to not be able to get to the other side. The boat was filling up with water. It says here that Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So what we see here is that Jesus was at rest. True faith is always at rest. It's always confident, even in the midst of the storm. Rest doesn't mean doing nothing. Rest means a confidence so that you can sleep at night. Come on, so that you're not stressed out all the time. Jesus was asleep. And I know this has felt this way many times, like we get in the midst of a storm because the disciples basically panicked. In this moment, in the fight of faith, when the fight of faith was here, the disciples stepped out of faith. They panicked. They forgot that Jesus had already given them a word. And when God gives us a word, he gives us everything we need to do that word. He wasn't waiting on anything. They weren't waiting on anything. Jesus had already given the word. So because Jesus had already given the word, Jesus was confident they were going to get to the other side. I'm sure if, if when it was necessary, Jesus would have woke up and just rebuked the storm. But the disciples were panicking. They were freaking out. They, they were, and we've all been like that, right? We've gotten to really a situation. And we're like, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Why am I not hearing anything? Why is Jesus not telling me something? Why is Jesus not doing something? But you notice when Jesus stood up here, he didn't give them more instructions. When they woke him, he just dealt with it. But he didn't give them more instructions. He had already given them everything they need. And so when we're not hearing something from the Lord, most of the time it's that we don't need to hear something. Our flesh needs to hear something. Our soul needs to hear something. But the truth is we need to dig ourselves back down into faith and be reminded that we already have a word, a promise, an instruction. and We already have been given it. And if we've been given it, that means we have everything that we have need of so we have to go back and anchor ourselves back in faith, remind ourselves, confess over and over again. Jesus said this to me. Jesus said this to me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. No test or opposition is greater than Jesus or the word of Jesus to me. Hallelujah. You do realize that just like we say, when you read the word of God, the written word of God, there is power in it. There's power in that word to do what it says it will do. When Jesus gives you a word, an instruction, a promise, come on, a command, an assignment, there is power in it that comes with it in you to do that, to finish it, to get it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus was asleep. He already knew. He already knew that they were going to get to the other side. Who knew that there was no storm? If nothing else and the boat went under and it woke Jesus up, he'd have just got out and had everybody walk on water to get to the other side. (laughs) 
Am I right? That, that's what faith would say, is that God's going to make a way. However the way comes, whether it's in the boat or whether it's outside of the boat, Jesus said, let's just cross over to the other side. Hallelujah. So in this fight of faith is where we have to get the whole picture. Some things I want to tell you about your faith in this fight of faith. If you're going to win, if you're going to succeed, if you're going to cross over, if you're going to get to the other side, if you're going to get uh, the promise uh, solidified and working in your life, this is what you're going to have to do. Number one, you're going to have to clearly know the goal and the importance of reaching it. And this is what happens so many times we talk ourselves out of the need for us to get what God has said we can have. We think, we think it's not important. We begin to discount ourselves. Uh, I, I'm not worthy of it, or maybe God meant for other people like healing. God, maybe when God said that all people could be healed, maybe he means other all people. And there's some reason I don't fit into that category. Or it doesn't really matter if I don't get healed of this. No, it does matter. It does matter. The devil should never get the one-up on you, ever, ever. You can't let the devil get the one-up on you. If he finds out he gets the one-up on you, he'll be back over and over and over, and he'll start living on the top of you. Hallelujah. So we got to know, we've got to clearly know what the Lord has said and the importance of reaching it. When we see it in our spirit, we must lock our eyes on it. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be ashamed. So we have to get the eye of the tiger. Come on, the eye of the tiger. We have to get, I call it's the eye of faith, really. But it's just that determined, like, I know that God has said this, and no matter what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have it. I'm going after. I'm getting through it. I'm crossing to the other side. I'm going to see the fulfillment of it. We have to get that so solidified in us. Hebrews 12, 2 said this about Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to know if Jesus authored it, if we will stay with it, he will finish it. He will finish it. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Jesus had to do that. He had to put the cross that was standing in front of them, and he had to look past the cross into the salvation of you and me. For that was the joy that was set before him, that he could redeem mankind by getting to the, He had to get through the other side of the cross. He had to get on that cross and down in that grave and back up to heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got to know the goal. You got to know what you're, what you're doing. You got to know what you're aiming for. You got to know what your next step is. You got to know what the word is, the instruction is, and the importance of it. Jesus knew the importance of the cross and everything he did was in relation to it. Hallelujah. It's important that we succeed. It's important. You don't even know. Certainly it's important for your life. You do know that God is for your life. He, he already died for your life, Jesus, that you would have a good life. That's a real scripture. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go through tests and trials and some tribulations. But it means that we can come out on the other side. Having got the victory, glory to God. 
so that our life can reflect the life that Christ bought for us. It's important for your life. It's important for other people's lives. Hallelujah. Somebody else's deliverance hinged upon this account of them getting to the other side of that storm. Hallelujah. Another thing you need to consider uh, in the fight of faith is that you have to consider the obstacles. Look at this, Hebrews, same scripture, 12, verses one through three. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, not your problems, not your situations, not your self-help methods, not your quick fix, easy solutions, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When you are considering the obstacles, already having determined that you knowing that word and completing that word, obtaining the promise, completing the assignment, getting through the challenge, the difficulty, getting to the other side of it. Once you know the importance, you can do as Jesus did and look at every obstacle as light, insignificant, small, and no big deal. I want to tell you this morning that how you perceive your obstacles determines whether you succeed or not. If you are looking at obstacles and you see them as huge and looming and something that you are bowing down under and that you, you can't get through, you've already halfway lost. You have to redirect yourself and remember that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a real scripture. It's not just a piece of poetry and it's not just for other people. It's not just for the easy times in life. Remember, we're supposed to be able to run against the truth. We're supposed to be able to leap over a tall building or a wall. When you see obstacles, you need to see them simply as that. This is just an obstacle that I will get over. I have set, it's, it's like running a race. I have the word of the Lord. I have the finish line. I'm getting to that. Oh yeah, there's hurdles right there. I'm just going to run and leap and run and leap and run and leap because I'm looking that way. I, I don't care about that. I don't, how high is the hurdle? I don't care. This is a total paradigm shift because usually we get very focused on our opposition. We get very focused on the obstacle, the challenge, how big it is. Oh, my family's dealt with this for years. Like, like, that, like that adds multitude or magnitude to the challenge. No, 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 you're of the bloodline of Christ. You need to remember that. Christ took you out of your natural family and into the bloodline of Him who is a champion of all things, who is the master of life. He mastered life in every situation. And He is our example. He did do it as a God who laid down His deity and came as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. That's why I can do all things through Christ, the power, the anointing in me in me, in you. 
We have to make sure that we are looking at our obstacles in the right light. It's just that. It's just an obstacle. But we can overcome it. Once we have set our obstacles in the right perspective, then what we do in the testing of our faith is we stand and we persevere. We have to stand and persevere. Ephesians 6, you're to take up the whole armor of God. We do have some weapons, not some carnal weapons, but some mighty in God weapons that God has given us that we're to use in this battle of our faith. And it says once we've taken those up, know what they are, use them, that we're able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand. This is a part of our faith. To withstand and then stand. I want to read you those definitions. To withstand means to vigorously oppose. It means to bravely resist. It means to stand face to face against an adversary and stand your ground. In other words, nothing is going to make me bow down. Nothing is going to make me get stuck or retreat or give up. I've got a word from the Lord and I'm getting, on, I'm getting to the other side of it. I'm getting through what this is. Hallelujah. To stand means to continue. It means to square up. It's like the picture is like digging your feet down in sand or in mud until they're completely square. And then it's like, I'm not budging. It means to endure without giving away. It means to remain. One time years ago, I was in a, I was in a fight of faith over a something. And I remember one night I was praying, and I don't even remember if I was praying about that particularly, when the Lord directed my attention toward, toward what I was crossing over to. And he said to me, he said, you have to have bulldog tenacity. Was the, it was a word, bulldog tenacity he gave. And right when he said bulldog tenacity, I had a vision. And I didn't even know anything about bulldogs. I, I'm not a bulldog owner, you know. And I had a vision of a bulldog. And it, it had a, a, like a, a rag or a towel or something in its mouth. And, and I didn't see who was swinging it. I just assumed it was the devil but it was swinging and jerking the bulldog everywhere. And that bulldog was just hanging on. And it just kept on until whoever it just wore out and finally let go. And then the bulldog stood there like this and he had the, the cloth in his mouth. I had never heard the term bulldog tenacity at that point. And then I had this vision. And then I went to church the next day as a new believer. And we had a guest preacher come. And their whole message was on bulldog tenacity. How's that for God wanting to get something over to you? But a bulldog, actually the way they're made is they have a locking mechanism. They have an underbite. And they have a locking mechanism in their jaw, which the Lord taught me all this. Just the Lord taught me about the bulldog that once they clamp down, there's like a second uh, way that it locks. And once it locks, they said that a bulldog will hang on until death. And the Lord said that when, when we're doing something with our faith, it's like that. We have to have bulldog tenacity. We have to persevere. 
Come on, we have to say, this is what God has said. I will have it. I will do it. I will get to the other side of it. Hallelujah. Tenacious means uh, holding fast. It's characterized by a firm hold, being persistent, stubborn or obstinate. This is the only time you get to be stubborn. The only time you get to be stubborn is when you know that you know that you know that God has said something and something is in your way. Go ahead and get stubborn about it. Get some tenacity. This is where we don't turn to the right or to the left. This is where we don't quit. We don't slow down. We don't retreat. We just keep on keeping on with the Lord. We persevere. Proverbs 24, 10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You are going to have to have some strength to fight the fight of faith. You're going to have to have some strength, but your strength comes from the Lord. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Come on, we're not doing this on our own. We're not doing this according to our own strength, our own ability. We're doing it according to the Lord who lives in us. Hallelujah. Remember this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation or trial, or tribulation has overtaken you except such as common to them. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And this is why I want you to know that when you look at obstacles, you need to remember this. It's not God that's sending the obstacles. Remember James? Let no man say that God is the tempter, the tester. God does not work against himself. He's not going to tell you to do something and then try to make you fail at it. God is for you. He is with you. But you need to remember this. God, the scripture says, God will never allow you to be tempted above what you can bear. But what happens is we have to press into God. We have to get determined. We have to say, you know what, God, I know you're with me. I know I can do this. You've said it. It's, it's, it's important. It's important that we get it, that we do it, that we get to the other side. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, 12 says that we're to imitate those who through faith and patience endure the promise. So part of our faith is that we're, it's, it's got to be a long-term faith. It's an enduring faith. It's not, oh, I got a word from the Lord. I'm real happy about it today. And then two days later, uh, it looks like it's kind of challenging. I'm not going to do it. We can't do that. We have to have faith and we have to have enduring faith. We have to say, no matter how long it takes, I'm going for it. Ethan said on day one, I'm doing it. Okay, day two, I'm still doing it. On day three, I'm still doing it. It took him to get to seven days before he heard something from the Lord that helped him in a greater way. But why was that? Because he stayed with it. We have to be able to endure. And this is really one of the parts of faith that we don't like. Because we live in a microwave world where we want everything like instantly. But sometimes the things of the Lord don't come instantly. But they're always worth it. They're always important enough to go after it, to remain, to stay steady. James chapter 1 verse 2 says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I used to read that and really just never really did like it. Why do we have to count it joy? But then we all know because the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Just being able to laugh in the midst of it. Just being able to laugh through the situation. Why? Because God is for you. Because God wouldn't allow you to be tempted beyond something you can endure, beyond something that you can't win over. Come on, just laugh at the devil because it's already defeated. And that's why he's fighting you so hard. Just laugh real hard because what, else, what is on the other side is, wow, so good, so glorious, so God. So we got to count it all joy when we fall into various trials. Look at this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So the Bible says that we inherit the promises through faith and patience. And the testing of our faith is what works patience in us. Hallelujah. So we shouldn't be scared of a trial or a test. Bring it on. Bring it on. Because in the middle of it, I'm just going from faith to faith. I'm just going from strength to strength. And I'm going from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Because I am going to get to the other side. Because I am going to cross over and get my promise. Because I am going to go through and make sure that I complete the assignment of the Lord. And then it says, but let patient have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And see, we, we almost see patience as a bad thing, like something we have to put up with. But patience is a work of God. And it perfects us. It makes us better. Hallelujah. Pastor Chaz always says, when you're, when you're willing with your faith to stand and endure forever, no matter what, then it, the, the finish of it comes a lot quicker. So we don't, run from, we don't run from the test. We don't tuck our head. We don't act like they're not there. We stand up. We fight and we persevere. And then the fourth part of that testing of your faith is that you have to possess and conquer. At some point, you do have to recognize something, something. My faith is solidified. I've got something and now I need to press in. I need to push that wall. I need to kick. I need to do something. It's about possessing and conquering. Matthew eleven twelve, Jesus said, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. You're going to have to use some spiritual force to get what belongs to you, to get to the other side. The Israelites had to possess the land that was given to them. God gave them the land but then he actually told him to go in and possess the land. Their obstacle was giants in the land. But they took it. And they took it piece by piece. And that's what you have to recognize. In the fight of faith to get to the other side, to get the fulfillment, there may be various steps, various things that you have to do. All which come from you hearing the Lord, working with the Lord, doing the right thing, then the next thing comes. But it's, sometimes it's piece by piece. And if you don't get that first piece, you'll never get to the second piece. So you just keep moving. You just keep pressing. You just keep believing. You just keep, you just keep standing. You keep persevering. You keep doing everything that you know to do. The tribe of Judah was the most aggressive of all the tribes. And so they had more land than anybody else. And God let them have more land because they were willing to do what was necessary to go in and possess it. God loves you and is for you and has given you many promises. 
But whether or not you're going to get many of them or any of them or how many of them is going to depend on you and your faith. Hallelujah. And we can't blame God for that. Oh God, look at them. Why why, why them and not me? You don't know. You don't know their life of faith. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know how many times they've been on their knees, how many times they've fasted, how many times they've stayed up all night long, how they've they've, uh, confessed for three solid hours. You don't know all that. You better leave other people and God alone. Just take care of your own life. Right? Just... Just, just take, we'll just take care of our, we got enough to take care of. we just our own life. Hallelujah. So how do we possess? So now we're at the point where with our faith, where we're saying, I'm going to possess it. So now let's go back to the story here in verse 39. It says Jesus did something. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So we see that Jesus' response here, having been in full faith, was a response of authority. He spoke to the storm. So true faith recognizes truth. When the need arises, when the challenge comes, you recognize truth. And you know the authority and power that comes from heaven. And you know it enough to use it. So true faith speaks. True faith is never silent. True faith always speaks with a power and an authority. Hallelujah. Authority really is delegated power. And so when Jesus spoke to the storm, he spoke with the authority of God. And that's why the storm obeyed him. Now remember the Bible says this in Matthew 28 about Jesus. It says, and Jesus came And spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. All authority. All authority over every evil thing, over every opposition, over every storm, over every mountain, over every devil has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And then the very next scripture, he says, go therefore. Now remember... That once Jesus died and rose up, we were now connected with him as the body of Christ. We are now one. Once we are born again, we are now one with him. So if the head has the authority, the body has the authority too. That means you ought to be able to speak to any storm. Having known the authority, you got to know the authority though. Not to see if it works, but you have to know that it works. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power or authority to tramp on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I said nothing shall by any means hurt you. No plan of man gets to hurt you. No plan of the devil gets to hurt you. Hallelujah. Many times we look at this in relation to healing, and it's a great healing scripture, absolutely, but it's way bigger than that. I mean, there's been things before that have been coming at me and the Lord like, that that would kind of like harm your life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke 10, 19 will work here. We have authority. 
over the devil. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. So we have to know that we have keys. Keys to turn things, change things, rearrange things, reverse things, cause things to happen in the earth. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, not just to the devil, because here's the truth. We know that not everything is the devil in a sense. Maybe it's a part of the curse of the earth. Right? Pastor Chaz teaching on God. Why? It's more than just the devil sometimes. Sometimes it's just the fact that we live in a fallen world and bad things are going to happen. But, but here Jesus isn't speaking to the devil per se. He's speaking to a mountain. We just already see that he spoke to the sea. Right? So he said that whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, then he'll have whatever he says. So now do you see the importance of your faith speaking? Your faith can't be silent. Your faith must speak to the mountain, to the sea, to the wind, to the opposition. Come on, to the challenge, to whatever's standing in your way. Sometimes your faith needs to speak to yourself. How does your faith speak to yourself? You say things out loud for you to hear. And your head starts hearing it. Your mind starts hearing it. And your soul starts hearing it. Hallelujah. Like that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens. You're not saying that so God can hear you. You're saying that so you can hear yourself. But we have to speak to the mountain. Jesus is not going to do it for us. God is not going to do it for us. Sometimes other people can't even do it for you. We have to do it ourselves with our own faith from our heart. It does have to be from our heart, but we have to say it. Hallelujah. This is part of how we possess, how we take hold of, how we cross over, get to the other side. We have to use our mouth. Glory to God. Then let's look at verse 40, what it says here. But Jesus said to them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? So Jesus turned around and let them know that what he did was because he was in faith. That he didn't have any fear. Why is it that you're so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus is saying, if you have fear, you don't have faith. So we know that part of our faith Part of us crossing over to the other side with our faith is that we can't have any fear, any fear. Faith and fear do not coexist. You can't have a little bit of fear and have full assurance of faith. Doesn't work that way. And we know that they were scared, right? Because they were, they, they were panicking and waking Jesus up, confessing out of their mouth that they were gonna perish. That was the, that was the demonstration of their lack of faith or of their fear. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so when you go around, you think of things, think of things, it's eventually going to come out of your mouth. And so if you'll listen to your words, you'll find out what you're really believing. Hallelujah. But it does say this. It says, um, how is it that you have no faith? One account says, how is it that you have little faith? Little faith means short-term faith. 
And I mentioned this earlier, we get something from the Lord and for a moment we're all excited about it and it sounds so wonderful that we're gonna do this with the Lord or, or that God has promised this so this is gonna happen. And then we set out to do it and then we find some of those challenges and then we don't have any faith anymore. We have to have enduring faith. We have to remain in faith throughout the whole process. The minute we identify fear, concern, worry, lack, oh no, 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 oh, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build my faith again. And we go back, we have to remind ourselves what the Lord said. We have to remind of our, our decision to go after it. We have to go through the steps again, get ourselves back in faith. Then lastly, we see here, verse 41, and they feared exceedingly. We know that that's the fear of the Lord. It's an awe and a respect. And they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so just one aspect that's important for your faith is that you do have to always know who God is and who you are in him. And we see really here that in this account, for a few moments, it seems as though they lost sight of who Jesus really was. Jesus had already given them a word to go to the other side, but they didn't trust that word. They felt like the opposition that was coming, the storm was bigger than what Jesus himself had said. We know that this is before the account in Matthew 16 where Jesus was asking the disciples, who am I? And the revelation came from Peter that thou art Christ, the son of the living God. This is prior to that. So really they didn't have a complete revelation of who Jesus was in the moment. But for you and I in the fight of faith, if we're going to get what God has promised us, if we're going to go through, get to the other side, we're going to have to know who God is, always. He is not God and the devil equal on opposite sides. No way. He is God Almighty above all. The devil was created by him who rebelled against him. The devil is under him. And the devil will eventually be put in his rightful place forever. You need to remember the power of our God, the might of our God, the greatness of our God, the goodness of our God. And then you need to remember who you are in him. That we are a child of God. Hallelujah. That we are part of God's family called, chosen, anointed, appointed, hallelujah, that God lives in us. Praise the Lord. This will help us remembering that greater is he who is in me and in you than he who is in the world or anything that's of him that's in the world. Really, we know that the curse came about as a result of, of evil in the earth. So it's all technically rooted in him anyway. And we can stand up at any time in any situation and say greater. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that's why I say you have to have faith and not just God in the heavens. But you have to have faith, the same faith in God in you. That God causes us to be different. That God does cause us to triumph. That God in us does always give us the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're equipped. Whatever God has said, you can do it. 
Whatever God has purposed for you, you can have it. Whatever assignment God has given you, you are well equipped to go ahead, obey, step out, move toward it. Whatever obstacle, challenge, situation, season of life that isn't quite yet perfect, it's, you're standing in the midst of, come on, you have the ability with God to get to the other side. You have the ability to cross over through it, to get out of it. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to remain the same. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.